0: further. They didn't have to ride. They could have used the one functioning skimmer and flown. If they had done that, they could have made it to the town in a few hours, instead of getting torn up and dried out by the country. But Runk told them no. He didn't want to waste the fuel. What he didn't tell them was the real reason. He wanted them in a vile state of mind when they arrived at the town. When they did, all that knotted-up fury would explode on the unsuspecting townspeople. The guns would come out, the bad men would state their demands, and the terrified townsfolk would acquiesce without resistance, because they'd know that the bad men were just the messengers. There were a whole lot more from where they came. The unsuspecting town was nestled in a peaceful valley, which narrowed into a pass and then opened up again into fertile farmland. The freestanding gate at the eastern end of the settlement had no door on it, just a sign that announced the name and existence of the village and welcomed visitors to it. It was a gate that seemed to suggest, "'Things are different here.'" Inside the gate, the streets and passageways radiated out in a cheerful organic jumble from the wide main street, The buildings and domiciles were as varied as the townspeople, but they tended toward the modest and hand or other prehensile appendage made. A river did not run through it, but it ran nearby, clear and fresh and full of fish. The townspeople, or town's creatures, really, they were quite a mix, were refugees of a sort. They came from across the galaxy." Drawn there by an ideal, even if they weren't always in complete agreement over what exactly that ideal was, it was a wondrous magical community, blessed with an abundance of artists and craftsmen and musicians and philosophers and poets, perhaps some might say a slight overabundance. If one were, for instance, looking for a skilled sculptor, or a talented wordsmith, or a painter, or a ceramicist, or a body-worker, or someone knowledgeable in the finer points of macrame, one could hardly be in a better place. But if one instead required a person who could stand down a rancid, murderous horde of bandits, with violence if necessary, one would, to put it somewhat indelicately, be absolutely farged." And while the townsfolk didn't know it yet, they very much needed someone like that, and very soon. Someone to organize and inspire them. Someone to shake them up and help them defend themselves. Someone bold and courageous and honest and forthright and capable. They needed a sheriff. 1. A very different planet. Cole, in the most dignified, reasonable tone that he could muster, said, ''Kenneth, seriously, you don't want to lay your eggs in my brain.'' Kenneth, who was dangling Cole upside down by one leg, said, ''Stop squirming, Cole. You're making this very difficult.'' Kenneth had a truly wonderful voice, cultured, warm, soothing, I don't mean to be a scold, Cole, he said in that voice. But you shouldn't gamble if you can't pay your debts. Kenneth, I can't even begin to tell you how well I've learned that lesson, said Cole. In fact, I... Whoa! Is that your ovipositor? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, come now. You don't have to make faces. No, no, it looks fantastic. Have you had work done? Nope. "'Just clean living. Hold still, please.' Kenneth's voice did not match his appearance. His appearance, while not precisely defying description, did manage to challenge it mightily. A casual observer would quickly note an overall design direction that leaned heavily on marine-inspired elements. Tentacles, claws, tentacles with claws, a fin here and there, hints of bioluminescence— plus an overall squishy and squidginess. Added to the mix were subtle insectoid influences, boldly colored patches of exoskeleton, clumps of coarse, rigid hair, and eyes. Many, many eyes.